0: This is a game of mental endurance. This, this, this is the House, House Flipping HG HQ HG. podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Justin Williams. Pura Vida! What's going on, everybody? Justin Williams here. Hope you've all had an amazing week. I just got back two days ago from the most incredible trip to Costa Rica with the Eight Figure Flipping Group. Uh, so I'm going to be sharing with you uh, about that trip, what went down, some of the major takeaways, and I also maybe slept in a closet while I was there, so I'll fill you in on the details of that, how that happened, um, and and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good stuff. So first off, let me give a little context for those of you who may be new to the show. Uh, the the Eight Figure Flipping Group is... An idea that started about a year and a half ago or so. We had the seven-figure flipping members whose whole goal is to get to seven figures. And we had some people that looked like they were about to get there. And some people started joking about an eight-figure group. And at the time, it was just kind of a joke. But um, over time, this became like a real thing that we knew was going to happen. We had more and more people uh, hitting that mark and the eight-figure flipping group was born. I mean, even when we started the group, I thought there'd be maybe seven or eight people that that, that qualified for it, and then over time, maybe more would, would be able to be in it. We had 23 people uh, last year that that hit the seven-figure mark, and it just blew me away. It was so awesome to see so many people in the community reach uh, have su- such success so quickly just as a a testimonial to to this amazing community and the coaches and all the people that we have and um I was incredibly grateful. So fast forward, we had our first uh, eight figure flipping event in in Pensacola earlier this year. It was backed with the seven figure uh group. We had the seven figure meeting and then the eight figure meeting after that. And it was an amazing meeting. But I think people were kind of trying to figure it out like what does this group look like and and I think some of the people when they showed up were like okay, like, do I have anything I can share with these guys? Cause they're all killing it. And it's kind of like a little intimidating. Um so it was an incredible event, but this time I like I I told him, I said, Hey guys, last time was awesome. This time, like, let's raise it up a notch. Like, I believe if it's not broke, make it better. Like, how can we make this better? Uh, and so we said, Hey, let's let's pick it up. Let's bring it even more. Don't be afraid to share something. We all have a superpower we all have something really valuable that might be super easy to us and doesn't seem like a big deal to us but to someone else to other people is is really valuable so so they did they brought it i mean we literally learned like how not to ever pay taxes again or at least how not to pay taxes um over the next little bit um and it's not it's like ethical and anyway we learned like it was incredible uh so many being in a amazing country going and, and sp- spending all this time together when it went ziplining and it wrote ATVs and went fishing and hanging out and spending time with high level entrepreneurs and being in an amazing country on vacation and spending time with people where everyone is a seven figure income earner. It's just, it's so incredible. I and mean, If you've never had that opportunity, there's nothing else like it. I mean, for me, I love going on vacation, but I get bored a little bit sometimes and I wish I could talk more about business and stuff like that, um but being able to combine the two worlds was was just incredible and everything that I had ever hoped for so um we started out first off, I went the week before with my family and and spent some time with them and and that was so much fun um, you know once again, being able to go do all those amazing things and spending time with. Those people that you really love and care about—it's just a testament to why we do this business. So, so keep that in mind. I mean, you know, you, we do this to make money, but why do we want to make that money? It's for that that freedom. So make sure that you're doing that and you're rewarding yourself and your family because they work hard as well and, and they support you and, and they deserve that. So that was really cool. And then everyone in the group showed up on on Monday of last week, and uh, we had so let me. <laughs> This, this is where it gets, it gets interesting. So we had this incredible resort on Playa Hermosa, which is close to Hako Beach. And Playa Hermosa is, is a world-famous beach where they have surf competitions. It's, it's a beautiful, um, somewhat secluded beach. Just just amazing. So I intentionally made myself not go check this place out when I was there with my family. Because so I wanted to be present with my family. And I knew you know Bill and Vanessa, they had it handled and, and stuff. So uh, I, I waited. But I remember going on Monday... And being a little, like, anxious, be like, okay, I hope everything looks great. And, and I showed up. I was like, yes, this place is awesome. It looks beautiful. Even though Bill told me, uh, the like, earlier on that he had to move some people around and stuff, I thought, okay, no no big deal, right? So I show up, and then I realized, like, okay, they're still moving a couple people around. And a couple people's AC didn't work. And I was like, okay, no big deal. Like, it's hot, you know, but we'll be okay. We'll, we'll move them around. they will get it fixed. And then someone's toilet didn't work and like just like a couple little things um happened and it was kind of funny like I hadn't been inside yet and like later on I went out inside and I realized okay it's not like super updated and it's, it's anyway th- this place wasn't everything that they had advertised online and I know we're in you know a, another country and and whatnot and and they just weren't super organized and sometimes they weren't ta- anyway It was it was kind of a funny it was kind of an interesting situation but overall it was a beautiful place the the area was beautiful and what's so amazing to me about this group of people I mean if you went on that trip with like anyone else and the resort wasn't I mean because some of the spouses came and things like that and the resort wasn't like everything that they had hoped for like you'd have people like complaining and whining and maybe being like oh my gosh or frustrated or and this group is just the culture and the community is just they're just so amazing, and, and I guess that's part of as entrepreneurs and investors, but also this community, and people just rolled, man, they just rolled with it, they just adapted like no one cared like they were there for a bigger purpose, and um yeah, I don't know i i just I just felt like that's that's important to talk about because things are going to happen like like I'll be honest, like we were kind of like, oh my gosh, like what the heck, like these guys are they gave us this place, and it could have put a damper on it, but, but no one let it, and we didn't let it. And and Vanessa and Kyle just, not Kyle, Vanessa and Bill, <laughs> sorry, Bill, um, they just adapted and moved and, and were quick on their feet and did whatever we had to do to, to get everything situated the way it needed to be. And keep that in mind for your business, right? Because very easily, we could have let that be the focus, and there could have been a downward spiral. Um, And things are going to happen no matter what business you're running. Like, it's not are there going to be problems. It's when, how often are they going to happen and how do you react to them? Uh, Because literally, we could have made this trip, like, not so great because we would have been, like, upset and frustrated and complaining. And the truth is, it wasn't that big a deal. Like, once we put in our mind, like, oh, this is, like, glamping. We're, like, glamorous camping, right? It, It was awesome. Now, that's not to say that you don't want to learn from your mistakes. And on our call this morning with Bill and Vanessa, um, we, we talked a lot about this. And we will definitely, next time we will definitely either go, we may have someone go up months in advance. I mean, that's what we do here locally, right, for Flip Packing Live. We go check out several resorts. And uh, there's some resorts. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glad we didn't stay there, right? Um, and we will, we're like, we don't care where it is. We're going to send someone ahead of time. We're going to check it out. We're going to we're just going to really double down on undue diligence and, and learn from that. So roll with it. Like how you react is everything. What kind of attitude do you have last week? Last time, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the the children of Israel and murmuring and like how that, that will mess you up. Right. Those guys wandered in the wilderness for 40 years when they could have gotten to the promised land in you know, 11 days or they were actually prepared within a couple months. But, because they whine and complain and murmured and like, it's the same with your business. Like how quickly you progress is all in, in your mind. It's all your attitude. Like, how are you going to react to that? So then that night, you know, everyone hung out by the pool. Uh, we had an amazing dinner there on the beach. Uh, we did have an incredible chef. She was on Costa Rican time and it was usually half hour to an hour or so late, uh, but she was a, a great chef and it was just really cool having like our own personal chef there on the property. So the next morning we spent half a day just letting people kinda hang out at the beach and, and relaxing. And some people went went on different hikes and did different activities and, and that was a lot of fun. And then that afternoon, we started the actual masterminding. And it was really cool because usually we're at you know, like a hotel, which is great, but with this time we were outside and right like on the beach and also like close by like the rainforest and you hear like macaws going overhead and it's just a, an incredible experience to, uh, it's like we were working, but it didn't feel like it. And we were with friends and high-level people and just enjoying the pura vida, as they say. And it was just, it was just awesome. Um, I, I don't really have the words to describe it, but it was, it was pretty amazing. Now, if you're a newer investor or kind of like an intermediate or like, It's funny because people used to like talk about seasoned investors. That was someone who's like done five deals or more is doing five deals a year. And that's someone I would kind of consider a not totally newbie, but kind of still a newbie now. It's just interesting how your, your perception changes, but it's interesting. Like as you get around these super high level investors, like right now, wherever you are in your business, there will come a point if you continue to grow and progress where the discussion changes. So it's kind of interesting being around all these people who are doing like a hundred deals or more a year doing seven figures or more a year and the the discussions are very different I and mean, they're talking about team building and culture and hiring CEO, someone who runs their business for them and what that looks like and and how it's going like it's a bill like he started talking about that and and um it's just really, really interesting the the differences. And when someone does learn like one little thing, like a new marketing thing, they can dump that into their machine, if you will, and it'll help them make an extra a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars over the next uh, twelve months or so, right? So it's it's really cool to be around the these high level people, high level thinkers and, and doers. Um and it's interesting to see, it's kind of interesting because the first seven figure event, I remember Mike and Mike getting up and sharing like how they were doing two to three deals a, a month and people were like kind of going crazy and like asking all those questions. They were up for four hours. And this time we had a couple of new members who kind of breezed over like the fact that they're doing seven figures a year and like a hundred deals a year or close to it. And it was almost like no big deal, like yawn. Oh, okay. You know, like no big deal. And I just thought that's so fascinating that literally like how much, how fast you can progress if you really are applying these things, which not most people don't tell you the truth. It's not hard. I mean, anyone can do it, but most people for whatever reason don't. But if you do, you know, to be in that room with all those people who do apply it literally two years ago, that was like, oh my gosh, like people have been blown away. And now it's not a big deal. And then talking like Danny and Melissa Johnson, Melissa, if you don't know, she's the new flipping junkie, Danny, you know, he's, she's dethroned him basically. But 18 months ago, they came to the first seven figure flipping meeting. And it was at that meeting where Danny basically got permission, if you will, to realize like, oh, wow, I don't have to be, it was this identity that he had given himself, which I've done the same thing where he said, I don't have to be the one at the helm here flipping all these houses. And he handed it over to Melissa so he could focus on his software company. And she's been killing it. And to be there on the beach and talking to her and her sharing that, well, yeah, I'm doing like 20 to 25 hours a week. And they're flipping over 100 houses a year, doing a strong seven-figure income and doing better than they ever have before. And that's with Danny getting out of the way. And then just putting in the right systems. And, yeah, and it's just amazing. It was just awesome being around these people. And so then day two was kind of like a day that we just spent like, Going out and hanging out together and doing some awesome activities. We went down to um a little down further south and did this thing called like a monkey tour with a guy. If you guys ever been to Disneyland and you go on like the jungle cruise, this was like the jungle cruise, but for real, right? And so we go down this this swamp area, or I don't know if it's a swamp or what it is, but down this like river on these on these boats. And there's all kinds of wildlife and animals and, and the guys like pointing out all these animals. And then there's these these monkeys and they, they take some like squash banana and the monkeys come to you and you like feed them and stuff. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And then we went further down to Manuel Antonio, which is uh, the, where the national park is. And we ate at this restaurant. that's like an airplane restaurant. There's a really cool story behind it. I won't get into it right now. Uh, just incredible views, incredible food, um, amazing company, and then some people went on to the the national park, and some people went to the beach there locally. And me and a couple other people, we were we went to go drive some some mopeds, but then rain just came crashing down, and it was crazy. And so we decided to put that off. But uh, it was it was still a blast being there. And uh, on the way back, we were talking about it's, it's crazy being around these high level people because you're literally talking about things like. Hey, we should like build a resort. You know what I mean? Like we should like. I and mean, there's people doing these commercial deals that are are just killing it and flipping hundreds of houses. Everyone has access to capital, and they're, or they know how to get capital, and they're big thinkers. But those are the kinds of things we're doing, like talking about. Um, in our van, we're like, hey, like, let's talk about like building a resort in one of these third world, you know, not third world, but, like in one of these these countries, um, whatever, third world or whatever, whatever, whatnot, um but what are some of these bigger ideas some of these big things we can do because the whole the name of the group is eight figure flipping it's like how do we get to eight figures and we're all at seven figures how do we get to eight figures now and uh, it was it was pretty exciting conversation so the next day we did a full day of masterminding and that was that was pretty incredible and i'm going to share some of the takeaways here in in a little bit some of my major takeaways it was i'll be honest it was kind of tough because as people become higher and higher level, they want to share ideas, but they keep it kind of in the family, right? They 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 want to share those higher level ideas with people in the group so they all grow together. But they definitely they do selective abundance a lot. It's like when you it's funny because when investors first get started in this business, I they have a lot of scarcity. Like it's kind of funny because they don't know anything and they're like they don't want to share anything because they're afraid someone's gonna steal their idea. Like I've seen it time and time again. And then. They realize that's silly, the ones who continue to progress. And they realize, hey, if I want to get I got to give. And they start sharing and working with people. And and they talk about, oh, there's plenty to go around and all this stuff. And and there is when you're doing like a deal or two. But what I found is when you get to the point where you're doing 100, 200 more deals a year, um, it's kind of like if you share some of your secrets or share some of the things that are working well for you with too many people in your area and they start to do that which most people don't tell you the truth but if they do like it really can actually make a big difference it can have an impact so i was trying to get people to let me record them and do facebook lives and stuff but most people were like no like i'd really rather you not like some of the things i'm sharing like i'd rather not people on my market hear about i don't want everyone to know about and quite frankly like i have paid to be in this group and i think other people should invest as well if, if it's something they want to do so I can't share a lot of the um specifics, but there are some overarching themes that I think I'll be okay with sharing without anyone getting too upset. So I, I will share some of those. So the next day Oh wait, before we get into that, um we slip in the closet. Okay, so so that same night after we had the all day masterminding, we went out to dinner at this really nice place on the on the ocean. Um it's just really cool. Just hanging out with everyone. And, you know, usually we, we go back to the resort for dinner, but that night we didn't. And I was actually staying in a room in the resort where they were also you know, in the, it was like, there was a couple rooms in each, in each condo, if you will, a resort area, whatever it was. <laughs> and they were doing the cooking in like the kitchen in the same room that, that I was in. I wake up pretty early. So I was like, ah, eh, I don't mind. I wake up early. So I'll, I'll stay in this room but since they were doing the cooking there like my room was always open and i never had to use my key or, or anything like that so this night we went out to dinner and what we got back it was like 1005 the the lady that that kind of runs the place like she was she was gone for the night she lives at 10 and i went to open my door and i couldn't open it cuz like i said these guys they weren't the most organized and the key they gave me wasn't the right key so I thought, okay, no no big deal. Let me see if the ladies here. She was gone. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I realized, like, wow, I'm probably not going to be able to sleep in my room tonight. You know, I had my toothbrush, had all my stuff. Uh, but I was like, you know what? No big deal, right? Children of Israel, we're not like them. We're rolling. We're doing this. No big deal. Uh, so, I went and talked to Vanessa and said, hey, is there another room I can sleep in? And then tomorrow... I can, you know, it was kind of, I was going deep sea fishing the next morning. And so I had to wake up at five 30, but I thought the lady would be there by five to open up the, my, my room. And so I thought, no big deal. I'll just go sleep somewhere else. So I went to Vanessa and she helped me find, uh, she said, oh, here's a couple options. And first we thought, okay, Zach and Stephanie betters. They had an extra room in, in their place. So I was going to go stay there. But Vanessa went over there like, oh yeah, you have this other key from this other room that, that you guys were going to let us stay at. But we ended up sticking stick, stick here, staying here instead. So I thought, okay, cool. Give me the other key. I'll go stay there. So I, I took that key, and I go to this other room. And I, I just open it. And all of a sudden, I hear this noise. And this guy's like, hello? Hello? Or hello? I might have been Spanish. I couldn't tell. Like, scared the heck out of me. So I'm, like, opening this guy's room. Like, this is, like, a smaller room. Like, so he's, like, sleeping there. It's, like, if, if it's, like... 10, 10.05 at night and you're in a hotel room and someone just like opened your door, right? Some random dude. So they had given this room to some other guy. I mean, I, to this day, I don't know who it was or where he came from uh, or who was with him or if he was dressed or what, right ever right? Like luckily I heard him fast enough. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. And I left. So that was slightly awkward. So first I get locked in my room. Then I walk in on someone um, <laughs> in their room. So then I... I go back and Don, I was gonna go talk to Stephanie um, and, and Zach again and be like, "Okay, can I sleep in that room?" But you know, like the, the they they had the room to themselves, the place to themselves. I don't want to erupt them. I know they're lovebirds. Like, oh, I go walk in on them again and bother them. So uh, Don Costa was like, "Hey, I have this. There's this place in my room that it's it's kind of like a like a closet." But I thought I thought he was joking because there were some rooms that were smaller than others. I'm like, no big deal. I can take a small room. No worries. So I was like, I'm in, um, is your room. So it was open. He said, Yeah, go ahead, go go for it. So I go into this place and it is literally a closet. It was like an electrical closet or something. And there's this tiny bed in there that lit like this room was literally six tube because that's how tall I am. And my head and my feet touched when I was straight. And there was like a dead cockroach on the ground and I don't know like when this bed had last been used. It smelled kind of funny. It was hot. There was no AC. Uh it was the closest thing. There th- there's the closest thing I could imagine to what it would be like to be in a gel cell. Actually, probably significantly worse. Uh but <laughs> I just kind of laughed at myself and was like, Pura vida. And uh I did take a an over-the-counter sleeping pill that I that I had with me just in case I needed it. And I thought that one might be a good night <laughs> because I didn't know how much sleep I was going to get. Uh, but it's so funny. Cause in that moment, you know, we have these moments in life. It's kind of what I was talking about before where I was like, for a moment, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like how did I get in this like situation where I'm sleeping in a closet in this third world? No, it's like, I don't know. We were trying to debate if it's third world or second world country, Costa Rica. I'm not sure. Probably second world. But, uh, I was like, "What? Like, you know what? Whatever. I'm just gonna go to sleep, and and it's gonna work." And there, I was worried that it may be too hot, and I won't be able to sleep. But, um, I I kind of woke up once or twice, but I I was fine. I put on my noise app, um, and and it was good. And the next day, I was like, "Oh, that was no big deal." You know, it was just kind of interesting. Like, I could have kind of downward spiraled and been upset or frustrated, but um, instead, it turned out to be a great story. And in this email, the email that we send out, I'll include a picture. Or a video of, of that closet. And now it's just like a great memory and uh, it's kind of fun to, to joke about. So, um, anyway, l- life, whatever it gives you, you know, gives you lemons, make lemonade, make the best of it. And the next day, the lady didn't show up on time. So I wasn't able to brush my teeth or shower or have any change of clothes. <laughs> and I just went for it. We just went fishing and, and had a great time. So that next morning, people had an option to either go, like, someone else went deep sea fishing and we ended up catching, um, I think we caught like, 40 or so fish between the two boats um, and like 30 of them. We were able to keep like really nice mahi-mahi. They were delicious. We ate that afternoon for uh, fish tacos at, at the um, master running event. And that was So it was pretty cool. Uh, and then other people went on ATVs like through the rainforest and like mud. Anyway, it was, that was really cool. I did that with my family. It was super fun. And some other people went zip lining. So everyone had a blast that morning. And the that next day was the last day on Friday. We met up that afternoon, and we we finished off the the masterminding. So, okay, so like I mentioned, I can't share like s- the specifics, like the little trade secrets that people did that make a huge difference in their business. Uh, but what I will I will share is one of the overarching themes that I saw again and again was, you know, as we all know. If you're if you're involved in this business, it's never the same. Like what is working well today is not the same as what was working last year, the year before, five years ago, ten years ago. And a lot of people right now are doing direct marketing versus uh, the MLS or auctions. I mean, those things can work, right? You can be successful at those, but most people are doing direct response. But now, as you have more and more people doing the the direct to seller marketing, you're seeing these numbers getting harder and harder. Like direct mail does not work as well as it did. Pay-per-click does not work as well as it did. So the question then becomes, how do you still continue to compete, make money, get deals, and thrive in a market that some may look at and say is over competitive or oversaturated, or you can't make money anymore. You can't make as much money as you can before. So I want to give you and I want to give you three ideas, overarching ideas or thoughts that I have on on how you can do this and remain competitive. And not only competitive, but dominate your market. So, concept number 1 is always be adapting, always be changing, always be improving your business. If it's not broke, make it better. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, in some ways, it's easier to teach someone who's brand new if they're super open to, to learning and taking action and implementing than it is to teach someone who's been in the business for a long time. Because we have this weird thing with change. It's like something is working for us at one point and we get in our mind, we just keep doing that and doing that. And we, and we fear change. But the funny thing is when I look at my education and online business and talk to like online marketers, it's like everything that real estate investors are doing that is working now or is kind of working but not working as good that's what they were doing a long time ago and and it it's not that real estate investors aren't smart or it, no it's because there's a different demographic it's just a little bit older and and the other stuff was works it worked so why why change it right? but the truth is like our um our marketing in real estate is generally very unsophisticated so what what i would say is is continue to change continue to adapt like continue to improve your business you look at things like blackberry used to be like the the big cell phone right and it's like totally like no one uses that anymore and you know kind of similar to like i mean look at what apple has done with with computers and and things like that um, and there, there's other companies are not not coming to my mind right now, but we can all name number of companies and in, in things that used to kind of work really well, but they didn't adapt, they didn't innovate, they didn't change, they didn't grow they didn't continue to improve. So constantly be changing constantly be adapting constantly be growing. I've seen way too many investors and over the truth is like this business has always worked, it will always continue to work. But from time to time, like literally, it doesn't take long. Before even me, like people always do it. They're like, oh, is this going to work anymore? And, like that's been since the beginning of time in any business in anything you've ever done. I remember when I sold Satellite Dish door to door, I've sold other stuff. It's like, I would like be crushing it. And then I would go two days without getting a sell. And also I'm like, oh, this doesn't work anymore. And I've done that in any industry I've ever been. It just happens. It's something that our brain like messes with us. Uh, but the truth is, if you're willing to innovate and adapt and adjust, you will always, there will always be opportunity. So that's the that's number one. Be willing to adapt and change and constantly be changing, constantly be moving with the cheese because if you don't, you'll die. Concept number two is improving your marketing. Now, this is something that I've been talking about for a couple of years. And the truth is, we haven't really had to implement it too much. But something I realized at this event, even more than ever, is real estate investors really aren't that great at at marketing um i'm mean, in a sense they are like but but it's like blah throw out a bunch of postcards or direct mail and blah put up some bandit signs and blah do some whatever janky ppc and and you get results right but the, the truth is like w- even even to my high level group once i started talking about hey how what is your guys is like Uh, email marketing look like I got a bunch of blank stares it's like email marketing what I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) like email marketing like is the most basic form of online marketing there is that's like for me that's like core like how are you not doing that and then I just realized there's so much that that can be done in the online marketing world or, or that's that's just that I feel like people can really improve their marketing. So I don't have huge takeaways on the how of that. I do know that I already today have been reaching out to high-level uh, marketers that I'm going to end up bringing on as consultants, and I'm going to start teaching my students more uh, marketing strategies that I think will really help improve their business. I think it's time. I mean, it's, it's been long enough, and the numbers continue to get smaller and smaller. I think this is time for a new era where the marketing for real estate investors starts to get a little more sophisticated i mean people are getting more sophisticated even like the older demographic is starting to use or, or has been using for a while facebook and email and and like they 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 get it right they get it it's not like before where you have these people who have never even used a computer and things like that like times have changed times are changing if you don't change like we said earlier you, you don't you can't continue to exist and thrive in, in this ever-evolving market. So that's number two, and you'll be hearing more about that over time. That's something that we will be rolling out with with our students and, and really making sure that they have the most sophisticated, uh, advanced, high-level, most successful marketing in the country. And then the third and final and probably biggest concept that I I want to kind of touch on that I'll continue to elaborate over time, and in fact, I think this is going to be one of the big themes of a flip hacking live this year and something and it's kind of actually related to um, to number 1 and 2 and i think we're going to, that's going to kind of be the theme and something that i'll actually speak on is the concept of getting all you can out of everything you've got now i, I think i think a long time ago I, I i didn't read the book but i there was a title of a book i had <laughs> um something along those lines and it's kind of related to what a lot of the people were talking about at the event in fact uh i kind of playing off of you know michael green gave a presentation where he was basically talking about how to increase your your margins and you guys have probably heard the saying the more he who can spend the most money wins right so otherwise if you have the best marketing the best systems you can spend more money and then you beat out all your competitions so if they can't spend as much as you and they eventually will go out of business right so, um, but, but what, and what he shared in his presentation was kind of like, how do you get $10 out for every $1 that you spend? And you guys have heard me talk about creating your own money-making machine. And so for every dollar you spend, you get back two, three, four, five, six, and up up to like $10. Right. But it got me thinking, his presentation got me thinking, he was just talking about and, and, and asking the members, like they're all brainstorming on what are the things we can do To continue to increase that for every dollar we spend get more money out of our business I mean who here wouldn't love to make ten dollars every time you spend a dollar or ten thousand dollars every time you spend a thousand dollars or a million dollars every time you spend a hundred thousand dollars right all of us right so I started thinking I was like huh like is that is that possible is that possible in today's ever-changing, ever-evolving market where numbers are getting crunched tighter and tighter, where people are getting half a percent on their direct mail, if they're lucky sometimes? And like, is this possible? And as we started to go through this exercise and as I started to think about all the things we had talked about that week and the things that people could do in their business and seeing what some people are doing and what others aren't, I started like add it up and do, and do the math and it was kind of quick and I'm going to like keep working on this. Um, but the answer is yes, I think it is possible. I, 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 know it's possible and I think, you know, today I was brainstorming for Footpacking live. I think that is going to be the theme of this year's Footpacking live. I think the goal, what we're going to do is we're going to go through each day and have different topics. And on the last day, the idea will be, have we proven this to be true? And how can you do it? How can you spend one dollar and get ten dollars back and run the numbers? And I'm 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 really excited about it. So how how do you do that? You know, obviously, um I mean we spent like three days or four days masterminding at this this event and you know, all these things, right? Um I can't go deep on it right now, but do you have a tight ship, you know, like if, if you're spending money on direct mail, are you making sure those calls are getting answered? Are they getting answered live? Are they getting followed up with? Do you have the right people in the right positions that are doing that? Do you have the right salespeople? It was kind of interesting like comparing notes and listening to some people who thought they had decent salespeople. And then they hired someone else who was literally doing three to four times what their top other person was doing. And they realized, oh my gosh! Like I didn't even have the right person for this job. This person was told me they were giving it their all, like just wasn't uh, wasn't making it happen. And if you guys know much about salespeople, believe me, I've been studying a lot more, I've been listening to a ton of books because I, this is something that's important to me in my business right now. But essentially, ten percent of the salespeople are doing ninety percent of of the work. I mean, you have the right salesperson, and he'll outperform most of your other sales guys like by five or ten to one. So if you can have, if you're tightening your ship, you know if people are answering, if you're answering live and you're doing all these things, you have the right salesperson, you have the right follow-up systems, you have the right marketing in place, and you have, you know, we've talked about having like a good buyers list and be able to get, having good negotiating skills on the back end and good dispositions. Like if you have all these things in place, then the answer is is yes, you can. You know, you can, for every dollar you spend, you can make 10 back. And like I said, I was running some quick numbers, like, hey, if this person does this, 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 and this, yes, they can, they will. And that allows you to continue to grow your business, to continue to, you know, go into other markets, continue to try other things, continue to uh, put out, out your competition, right? So anyway, I'm super excited. That's kind of one of the things that I've been geeking out over, you know, you can't have fear and faith at the same time. And the truth is we're going to have fear is going to set in at times. At times we're going to be afraid. We're going to be like, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work anymore? It doesn't work. Oh. We're going to like start to downwards f- spiral. But dig in, look at your business, look what can be improved. And as you make these tweaks, as you build this building one brick at a time, like you will build your empire. Now, the key as I always say is consistency and persistency over a long period of time this is a game of mental endurance people who can stick with it and don't get too worked up like when the little things happen like you end up sleeping in the closet or your ac doesn't work or something like that um like people who are able to push past those things and not be phased like you might lose a little money here or there or something will go wrong like who cares like move beyond it Because there's a lot more to be made just on the other side of that. Every small door that closes, there's a much larger one that is waiting for you to open. And it's there for the taking. You just got to keep moving forward. You have the faith. Sometimes you step into the darkness and and the light turns on. All right, guys. So those are my big three takeaways from this last week's eight-figure flipping event. Always be changing always improve, always adapt, adjust, move with the G's. Um, don't be that guy who says, oh, this business doesn't work. Say, how can I continue to improve and make things work? The truth is it's usually just burn out. Like people get kind of burnt out. And so then they don't want to, like, you got to stay in the game. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about creating systems and and removing yourself from the business. But ultimately, whether it's you or someone else, like you constantly need that mechanic, if you will. You need someone to continue to make those improvements and, and maintain and, and have that leadership. And that's usually your job as the entrepreneur. In fact, that should be your only job. So if you have too many other things you're doing that don't allow you to do that job, then you got to take a look at that and make some changes there too. Number two is marketing as investors. Uh, we pretty much suck at marketing. Uh, so that's something that I'm going to be working on. And sometimes it's kind of hard to be the pioneer in something. But you know what? I was talking to... uh, I'm not going to say who yet because we're still kind of talking and figuring out how we can do it. I was talking to a a very successful high-level marketer today. And um, we're going to get this thing thing figured out um, to where the marketing is... Anyway, much more advanced marketing. So keep that in mind. And then takeaway big takeaway number three is getting all you can out of everything you can how can you make ten dollars for every one dollar you spend and do that consistently and persistently and predictably over time what is it in your business what are the things that you can improve what are the things that you can shore up there's there's something you know if you go to com. I I have the business analyzer tool on there that you, if you haven't gone through, I highly encourage you to go through that. And that'll kind of give you some ideas of, oh, I could improve here or there. And this thing will help me make another dollar for every dollar I spend here or 50 cents there, right? And as you make these small tweaks over time, that will make all the difference in the world, which gives you room for a little margin of error and allows you to continue to put more back in the machine and continue to build and grow over time. All right, well, that's all we got for today. If you are a high-level investor who wants to surround yourself with other like-minded high-level investors, you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com or eightfigureflipping.com, depending on where you are in your business. If you are doing at least six figures a year, go to sevenfigureflipping.com and let's help you get to that seven-figure mark. And if you are already at seven figures a year, You can go to 8figureflipping.com and we can uh, work with you on that as well. Um, If you are not yet there but you know someone who is, please share that information with them. I talked to Bill on the last day and we are going to be uh, significantly raising the prices to both of those groups. Where they're kind of past their beta pre-initial stage. And then also we're going to be bringing in a lot of very high level Consultants, um, so it's the cost is just going to be more, and we'll be grandfathering in everyone who is currently in those programs. We don't have an exact date for that yet. I imagine it'll be pretty soon, probably a week or two uh, from the time of, of this recording. So, uh, reach out to us right away. Go fill out an application, and we would love to work with you. Um, those of you who are not yet at that level, go ahead and go to slash coaching and fill out an application. Let you know where you where, where you are. And we can let you know what, what the best is for you. Cause everyone starts somewhere. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of times people are like, how long does it take to get X, Y, and Z? And the truth is I've seen people get to seven figures in a year and I've seen people obviously never get there. And some people it's taken like 10 to 15 years. Um, we've had a lot of people who came into the group, they've been in business for 10 years and then within a year or two, they, they get to that mark. Um, usually if they've been in that long, they get there within a year, but the truth is it just depends on like, uh, I can't do it for you. Like no one in this group, like a lot of marketers or <laughs> gurus out there will tell you, ah, guarantee we're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. No, like we can give it to you, but what you do with it is completely up to you. So my question to you is what are you going to do with it? Are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to put in the effort? Because if you are, then would probably be a good fit because that's the kind of people we we look for, and those are the people who thrive and succeed um, in our coaching programs and and in life in general. So, all right, guys. Other than that, have a great week, and we will talk to you next time on the House Flipping HQ podcast. Bye bye.